Here, one was the Lord of your life. Last week, I talked about discipleship and the cost of discipleship and the rewards of discipleship. And you know, that's a, a processing that we're going through. Uh, we are daily being transformed, and we must believe that. We must believe that God is working even now in our lives. Though you may not know how, God never stops this wonderful, wonderful processing of our lives. We are His workmanship. There are those that believe that it was once and for all and that it was completed on the cross and that was it and all you have to do is believe it and you're totally righteous and you're totally everything. Well, legally, yes, but experientially, no. It is a walk and sanctification as, as the Bible teaches it is not from the cross that you're totally sanctified. Yes, we are made the righteousness of God in Christ, but we must walk in that righteousness, amen. And to do that, there must be transformation in our lives, amen. It was like, you know, when, when the children of Israel got to the land of Canaan, you know, they had enemies in that land. And it was little by little that he drove the enemy out. And the reason was that they would possess the land. You know, if God would have just saved you and, and totally did everything for you at that point, you wouldn't know really, you know, it would be a utopia here on earth. But the fact is, you're being changed, and you're being changed on a daily basis. And every day in your life, things come into your life, and things are working for God's glory in your life to change that heart that's within you. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in a very critical time, too, with the church. I really believe this. I believe that the church, in many ways, has become so self-centered that they give little uh, credence to the, to the heart matter. And that's why some of the statistics that we're, we're being told of, of, of how the church is living out their daily lives, uh, it's, it's, it's really not shocking, but it's a telltale sign that the heart is not following after God the way God wants that heart to be. How many of you know God wants all of your heart? The whole heart, huh? You believe in whole heart? W-H-O-L-E, you believe we can give him the whole heart? It's a process. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go back. Last Sunday evening, I, I, I did a, a teaching on doing the will of God from a heart. And Here's what he said in, in Isaiah 29, verse 13. He was talking about his people. And he could say that about the church today, especially in America. Well, in other parts of the world, too. There are surveys being made that the church needs to come to God and really establish a relationship with God. He said, the people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips they do honor me but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. How many of you know we need a fear, a godly fear? We need a godly reverence for God, something that is very uh, evident that the church doesn't have in many ways. We need a godly fear. Amen.
And we need to know that he is God. And we're not God. And what he has done, amen, in giving us his word is for our good. And all of the scripture, amen, is for our good. Even those scriptures that correct us. Amen? Those scriptures that instruct us. The, the, the Bible is God's word, and it's good for doctrine. It's good for uh, reproof and correction. It's good for instruction in righteousness that you as a believer in Christ will be thoroughly furnished. Well, he said this, Therefore, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. God will do. Only God can change the heart. Only God can change your heart. You might say, well, if I know my heart. No, you can't know your heart. Only God knows what's in your heart. And it's important. Amen? Jeremiah 24, 7, he said, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And I tell you, when Jesus comes, we want to be serving him with our whole heart. Amen? We've been talking about the fire of God and being consumed by the fire of God. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful, and a very godly prayer to pray, Lord, set my heart ablaze for you. How many of you want your heart to burn for him? Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, if it don't burn for him, it's going to burn for something else. Huh? Amen. We want our hearts to burn for the Lord. We want to be set on fire. Amen. With a passion for God that we've never had. I want to tell you something. I've been behind this pulpit for almost 50 years, but I want to go out, amen, stronger than I've come in. Amen. I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to know him in a way, in a manner that I've never known him before. Now, Sheila didn't, she didn't know what the message was today. And uh, those songs, the Holy Spirit orchestrates this. And those Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit knows, amen, what we need. And I really believe, how many of you are praying that God will speak to this body? How many of you are honestly praying that? You're really asking God, speak to this body. Well, I can tell you what, God answers prayer. I mean, He wants to speak to us, amen. And when He speaks, don't harden your heart, amen. Believe it, amen, and let that word change you. Uh, it's, it's been many, many years ago when Tony and I was young, we had a, uh, there was a songwriter by the name of Audrey Meyer, and Audrey Meyer wrote this song, and this song, it says, how about your heart? Is it right with God? That's the thing that counts today. Is it black by sin, or is it pure within? Could you ask Christ in today? You know, when Jesus came to the church at Laodicea, and he said, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And he said, if you'll hear me and open that door, I'll come in. You see, he wasn't even in his church. And he called him to repentance because of that. We, we, we quote that scripture to the sinner. He was talking to his backslidden church. And today, I'm sure that he is standing at the door of the heart of many, amen, saying, let me in. I want, amen, my throne to be established in your heart. I want to give you that heart. 
I'll do that work for you. Amen. And the next verse says, people often see you as you are outside. Jesus really knows you, for he sees inside. Amen. You know, David's prayer was, search me, try me, prove me. Amen. See if there's some wicked way in me. And then, hallelujah, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. How many of you know that you can be saved by the blood of Jesus? You can even be filled with the spirit of God, amen, and you can turn, amen, and you can make choices that will harden your heart, and you can live your life, and you can, you can become a person that you shouldn't be. Huh? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, how about your heart? Is it right with God? That's the thing that counts today. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We need you. Amen. I'm going to say something, and I want you to hear this. Amen. The condition of your heart, listen, is the condition of your life. Did you get that? The state of your heart is the state of your life. And you go to the scriptures, and I can tell you, the scriptures can tell you, you can have a perfect heart, or you can have an imperfect heart. A perfect heart, Asa, King Asa, it says, his heart was perfect toward the Lord all the days of his life. And the reason his heart was, God said this about him, was that Asa did those things that were right in the sight of the Lord all of the days of his life. He had a heart for God. And then it mentioned those evil kings that their heart was not right with God, and they did evil things. Well, thank you, Jesus. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. We sing that. We sing a lot of songs about the heart, don't we? Well, Thank you, Jesus. The Bible speaks almost 300 times about the heart. So the heart is a very important thing. And in fact, it is the most important thing. And when the Bible speaks about it, in essence, this is what it says. It says, the heart is that spiritual part of us where our emotions and our desires dwell. And whatever your heart goes after is the way you're going to live your life. Hmm? If your heart is after the things of this world, you'll go that way. If your heart is after the things of God, you'll go that way. And I can tell you one thing. There is no reward greater, amen, than God having all of my heart. Amen, and I want that. I want that. You say, well, boy, this is, this is really getting, that's radical and, and that's fanatical, well, you know, I see people in the world that are just outright fanatical for the Denver Broncos. And how stupid can you get in the light of eternity? Amen. Huh? To live your life for the Denver Broncos. Huh? There's people that really, I mean, they live to go see the Denver Broncos. That, that is so important. No. What's important, amen, is our walk with God. You say, well, can you even equate that? Yes, because it's a heart, it's a heart, a matter of the heart. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, it speaks of the hidden man of the heart. 
the real you, the real you. Romans 7:22, Paul refers to the inward man. So there's really two, there's the inward man and the outward man. And the outward man is always on display before others. That, that's who you see standing in this pulpit, is the outward man. Hmm? Now, I can glory in outward appearance, and I can put on, and I could even be play-acting. Hmm? I once knew a, a, a pastor, I knew this pastor, and this pastor could stand in the pulpit, and he could preach, and he could preach, but he was sleeping with the church secretary. Now, I want to tell you something. That is critical. That, I mean, that is, that is, mm, that's no little thing. My boy said, my, I sleep with the church secretary every night. For almost 50 years, she's been church secretary. You know, God doesn't see the way man sees. When Samuel was going to anoint a replacement for King Saul, he went to the house of Jesse, and he saw this young man, and he thought, oh, that's the one. And God said, uh-uh. He said, he's not the one. And God said something is very important for us to understand, that the Lord sees not as man sees. For, the, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. He looks on your heart. He looks on my heart. Amen? And I just want to give you, scripturally, after the fall of man, the condition of man's heart. And I want to, I want to go to the book of Jeremiah, and I want to read there in verse seven, uh, chapter 17. I want to read there a few verses. Beginning in verse number 9. Here's what the Lord says. He says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then he asks, Who can know it? And then verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doing, doings. As the partridge sitteth on eggs, and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches, and not by right, shall leave them in the midst of his days, and at his end shall be a fool. And then, verse 12, it says, A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. How, how do we escape? This is the fallen man's heart, desperately wicked, desperately wicked. And then it, it says, O Lord, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from thee shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. And then verse 14, and this can be the cry, and I think Sheila even wrote a song. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. 
Amen. You know, healing is a process. Briar had surgery the other day, and now he's in the process of healing. And thank you, Jesus, for a good, quick healing in his body. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So this healing of the heart is a process that God puts us through. And Jesus in the New Testament, I want to read there what he said, amen, of the human heart in verse 21 of chapter 7 of Mark. He says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, where's it begin? In the heart. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, whoa, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. That's what Jesus had to say. Wow, you believe it's true? He only spoke truth. He pointed out the fallen condition of our heart. Amen. So in order for a person to be saved, the heart has to be changed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The heart has to be changed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And this only happens. Let me make this very clear. It only happens by the grace of God through and in response to our believing him. Amen. Do you believe God is changing your heart today? Hallelujah. Do you believe if you ask for God to give you a pure heart and to set that heart ablaze for him, do you believe that God would answer that kind of prayer? If you really mean it and you really pray that, amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We want that kind of heart. The Bible says in Romans 10.10, For it's with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. That's just not a one-time thing. We're walking in faith with him daily. So transformation is continuous. It's progressive. It's really a life process of becoming like Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you know who's doing the work in you? He is. He's doing it. You know what religion does? Religion controls. Relationship changes. Jesus changes us. Amen. And he works in us. And let me tell you, hallelujah, that the, this scripture that Paul gave us in Philippians 1.6 he said this, being confident of this very thing. He said, I'm confident of this very thing. Jim Herrera, I'm confident of this very thing. Frank, I'm confident of this very thing. I can call every one of you by name if you're confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm confident, along with Paul, of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's working in all of us. It's his good work. Amen. Amen. A good work. 
a good work. Amen. That word perform means to finish or complete it. Amen. And you know when this work is completed fully? It's when we see him face to face. We shall see him as he is, and we shall be like him. And that's when this salvation is consummated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Well, to accomplish supernatural transformation in all of us, we've been given, uh, we've been given gifts, and we've been given things in our lives. And, you know, even uh, things that you may not like could be a gift from the Lord. Hmm? You know, one time I had this thing, anything that went bad, man, I was already really quick to say, devil, you're a liar. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And boy, one day I'm saying, devil, you're a liar. And I hear the small voice of the Lord saying, it's not the devil, it's me. Oh, (laughs) that put a whole different light on it. Huh? Well, He has given to us the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that God from the beginning chose you to salvation? And the word says, through sanctification of the Spirit, which is continuous and progressive, amen, and your belief in the truth, the Holy Spirit does the work in us, amen. I want to look at the book of Romans, and I want to go there, and I want to read again. In Romans chapter 8, I want to read beginning in verse number 24. I believe that our salvation is an ongoing thing. There are those that believe that once you're saved, you're always saved, no matter what happens, no matter how you live. Uh, I've even heard this, that once you're saved, even if you, after salvation, become a prostitute, you're still saved. Whatever you become, you're still saved. Because, and they, they take that one scripture, no man can pluck you out of the hand of God. That's true, but you can walk out of the hand. You can refuse to, to walk in, in this salvation. It's a processing. Amen. I was saved by the grace of God. I'm being saved by the grace of God. And I will be saved by the grace of God. Amen. Because I'm keeping that faith. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our faith to the very end. That's the truth of God's Word. Here's what it says in Romans 8, verse 24, beginning there through 29. We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that that we see not then we with patience do wait for it. Likewise, this is the ministry of the Spirit, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, get this, He also predestinated them to be conformed 
to the image of His Son. What is the work in progress? Being changed and conformed to the image of His Son. Hmm? Now, you know something? We can stop that process. We can become conformed to the world. We don't want to live like the world. But it's possible, amen, to be conformed to this world. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed, amen, by the renewing of your mind. So the work that he's doing is conforming us, changing us, and he does that with the heart. It's, it's a really God changing my heart. Hallelujah. Amen. He's doing this that, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord, for truth. You believe that this is truth? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The second thing is he has given to us the truth of his word. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, he prayed that the Father would sanctify us through his truth. And then he said, thy word is truth. When you go to this word, this is a transforming power in your life. Amen. You get into this word and this word get into you, it will change your heart. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God will sanctify our heart. It will purify our hearts. And it's his work. Amen. You believe that with all your heart? Thank you, Jesus. And it's not just reading. You know, you can have head knowledge of this, but it's a revelation. Did you know the revelation, amen, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. But this whole book is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is, amen, the, re the, the revelation that he is building his church upon. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, then there's trials and testings. Anybody know anything about those? How many has had one or two? Huh? How many of you know and understand that this is part of the process? A big part of the process. You say, oh man, when's this going to end? Well, when Jesus comes. Amen? What's he doing that for? He's showing us our heart. Amen. When you go through something, a trial or a test, I can guarantee you God's going to show you your heart. When he led those children of Israel through the wilderness, they could have went. They could have went in a week or two to their destination. But you know... He kept them in the wilderness because of their unbelief, and they kept going around the mountain, amen. But he was showing them their heart. And every time they got into a hard place, their heart began to speak. The mouth began to speak. They began to murmur. They began to complain. They began to tell Moses there wasn't enough graves in Egypt. You brought us out here to bury us in this wilderness. I mean, don't say you wouldn't have done it either. You're made of the same stuff. They were given for our example, amen, that we would not walk in the same pattern of unbelief that they did. Huh? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Trials and testings. 
James 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or trials or testings. Hmm. Can we actually say that we joy in tribulations? Hmm. I'll tell you, if anybody had trials and tribulations, it was Paul. I mean, from his encounter with Christ to even get out of Damascus, they had to let him down in a basket because they were after his life. They were going to kill him. And they let him down in a basket by the, the city wall, and that's how he got, got out of there. But everywhere he went, he was being persecuted. He was being, he, they stoned him, they beat him, they left him for dead. Well, he says this, count it all joy knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. There's a processing that's going on. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. God's doing something in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember the testimony of Corey Ten Boom and how that her and her sister went to Ravensbrook and how that they were in that prison and how that her sister died in that prison. And then there was, there was that, uh, look at me now. Look at me now. Come on, look at me. Don't look at her. <laughs> the sister died and she was released by a clerical heir. They were going to kill her, but she got released. And, and she's the one that said there is no pit so deep of what the love of God is yet deeper still. When she was in prison, she wanted to hate. She wanted, and Betsy says to Corey, says, Betsy, Betsy said to her, Corey, we can't hate. We must love. We must love our enemies. And she was able to come out of that prison and be a, an evangelist for Jesus Christ and even meet the man that was one of her persecutors in that prison and be able to shake his hand as a brother in Christ that had been transformed, amen, by the power of the gospel himself. And she said, there's no pit so deep, but what his love is not yet deeper still. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So our trials and our testings are important. Hallelujah. You know, the church in America knows nothing of suffering. We're praying for the suffering church today. The only suffering we know is this next thing is people. If it wasn't for people, I could be a good Christian. You ever heard that? No, people. God has put people in your life. And we're all different. Huh? That's why he said we forbear one another in love. And that's why he said, amen. Someone said this, when the forbearings walk, break down, the wheel comes off. It's true. God puts people in our lives. People that are different than us. Amen. The world loves its own. The church kills its own. No, we can't do that. Amen. We are a restoring church. We're, we're a healing hospital. Amen. We're all being transformed. Amen. By the Lord himself. Well, people, God puts people in our lives to knock off the rough edges. Here's what the word says. 
As iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Hmm? Yeah, who needs enemies with a friend like you? No. Hallelujah. Love, amen, restores. Love covers. Amen. I told someone this week, the sign of immaturity is this. You have thin skin and a hard heart. Let it sink in. An immature Christian is one that is thin-skinned and a hard heart. And it don't take much to upset them. The sign of a mature Christian is a thick skin and a soft heart. Do you like that? Isn't that true? Amen. I want a soft heart. The Lord will soften my heart. Job said that. The Lord will soften my heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Lord. And then the last thing I want to cover is in transforming us is this. And, and get this, because this is, this is where it all happens. We have access to the throne room. You know, singing that song, Take Me Past the Outer Court and the priest who sing their praise, past the holy place into the presence of God. Listen, do we really believe what we believe is real? That we can come into the presence of this mighty, 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 mighty God. Amen. And be welcomed and accepted in the beloved to come into his presence and to be in his presence Amen. We have access to the very presence of God. You've got to be a believer. See, if you're not a believer, you won't go to God. You won't pray. But if you're a believer, you'll pray. If you really believe that God hears your prayers, you'll pray. You say, well, I didn't get it answered. Well, maybe it wasn't, wasn't the timing that, to get it answered. Maybe it wasn't the will of God for your life that you got, didn't get it answered. God is... He is sovereign, and He is a good God, and He's our Father. Well, the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's, it's with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God for His presence. Transformation takes place. Thank you, Jesus. Did you know you can have a supernatural encounter with God himself? How many of you really believe that? You can. In fact, in the Bible, no one did anything till they did have that. You know, Peter and John, when Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You know what this... The, the body of men that they brought them before to judge them on what had happened, they took notice that they'd been with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus, amen. Transformation takes place in God's presence and 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Through fellowship with God and communion, amen, with God. Thank you, Jesus. We can have fellowship and communion with Almighty God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Wherever you're at, you can commune with the Father. Amen? Whatever you're doing, driving down the highway, amen? Riding a horse, doing anything, washing dishes, cleaning your house, amen? You can fellowship with this God, and then you can have a, 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 a time, amen, that you can shut yourself away and enter into a, a, a place, amen, called the closet, Amen, that you can just get before the Lord and just commune. I can tell you, I can tell you that what Sheila gets through the Spirit is not coming off the top of her head. It's coming through the presence of God. That's where it's coming from. The very presence of God is imparting to this body, and we're the, we're the recipients, amen, of her making herself available to the presence of God. Amen. You know, it may, she may just be driving in, in, in the presence of God, and all of a sudden it begins to, to just come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you really want to be a Bible Christian? Now, I'm not talking about a, a Bible thumper, you know, carry this big Bible and, you know, tell them God's going to get you for this now. Uh, you know something, God focuses on the inward, hallelujah. He wants an intimate walk with us. How do you think Enoch walked with God? It was a hard thing. Amen? And he walked with God by faith. His heart was linked to the heart of God. How many of you want your heart to be linked with the heart of God? How many of you know you have a heart because God has a heart? Amen? We're made in his likeness, in his image. Amen? He gave us a heart. And he wants that heart, amen, to be his. 100% his. He's jealous over us. You know something? He does not play second fiddle to anyone. He's going to be first. Amen. But I want you to know something. That's just not a threat. That's a promise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Our walk with God is always a matter of heart. Amen. And we, as we give ourselves to him, and thank you, Jesus, he is there. He wants that. In Proverbs 4.23, we are, we are told to guard our hearts. Guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of the heart are the issues of life. The wellsprings of life, one translation has it. You guard your heart. Amen. And if your heart is given to the Lord, I, I want you to know, that heart is going to be the heart of God. You're going to have a heart, and, and Sheila got that song, I want your eyes to see like you do. I, want, I can't remember the, all of it, but it was, that is a, a heart transformed, amen. 
Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Your heart can be influenced. Now, I'm just getting to the close of this. But there's three things that can influence your heart. And the first one is the world. That's why God said to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if you have the love of the world in your heart, the love for the Father will not be there. You'll have a love for the world. Paul said this of Demas. He said, Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. See, his heart was influenced by the world. He turned away from the ministry and went back to the world. That's, that's dangerous. Then there's the flesh. How many of you know that every man, the Bible says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. The flesh will in, in influence your heart. And then there's the devil. You know the devil? The devil will influence your heart. Paul said this, I fear least by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve in the garden through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity or the single-mindedness that's in Christ. You know what the devil wants to do is divide your heart. We want a single mind. No, Jesus, I'm going your way. I want my heart to be yours holy. Amen. You know why? You know why Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit? Satan filled their heart. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? Satan did that. That's the work of the devil. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many of you know what Matthew 22, 36, Jesus, the man that asked Jesus, what is the great commandment? How many of you know what it was? And with all thy mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Wow. And then he said this. And the second is like to the first. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said this. For on these two things hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus said that. That's what it's all about. Loving God, loving people. But you've got to have that heart. Amen? And Jesus, when he began his ministry, he said, he said to him, he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. I am not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. How many of you know that the law is still the law? Huh? How many of you know that the law is still the law? Huh? How many of you know we're not walking by the letter of the law? We're not walking by the letter of the law. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're in covenant with him today because of the cross. This is the covenant. Jesus says this to you and to me. That I will make with them, and that them is you and I that put our trust in Jesus. After those days, and that's after him going to the cross, 
and doing all the sacrifice, giving his life, dying and raising again. He said, after those days, amen, I, I, the Lord, will put my laws into their hearts, amen, and into their minds, I will write them. That's powerful. That's supernatural transformation. God is in covenant with us. And he said, I'm going to put my, my laws in your hearts. Amen. And on your mind, I'm going to write them. Hallelujah. You're going to transform our minds. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Amen. That we are being transformed today. There's no time to draw back. It's a time to draw near. Amen? We don't want to be anywhere but near to the heart of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you want to get so near that you can hear his heartbeat? Amen? You know, he chose David over Saul. He said, this is a man that's after my heart. This is a man that will do that. That's all in my heart. He'll do what I tell him to do. I want that kind of heart, and you do too. Amen? And he's giving it to us. I want my heart to be ablaze for Jesus. I want my heart to be in love with, with my God. Amen. All of my heart, not just a part. All, Lord, take it all. And then, hallelujah, I want to love people. I want to love my neighbor as myself. Amen. I don't want to be selfish. I want to lay down my life. Amen. Jesus said, I want you to love people as I've loved you. And how did he love me? He, loved, he laid down his life. Amen. I want a heart to lay down my life. Amen. Huh? Now, that's the inward man that God's working on. That's that heart of man that he's working on. That outward man, and I'm going to close in saying this. That outward man, when you turn to the outward man, you know what? It's all about self. It's all about self. It's all about me. It's all about me. No. It's not about me. It's all about you, Jesus. Let's stand up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your truth, Lord, that you've chosen us unto your great salvation. And that ongoing, continuous work is your good work. And you're performing it even now, Lord, in our lives. In this day, this very day that we're living in, Lord, we are yours. And we are yours to transform and to bring us to that place, oh God. Hallelujah, that you've prepared for us. That, Lord Jesus, we will be changed. Hallelujah. More and more to be like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is continuous. Hallelujah. Are you confident that he's working that good work in you even now? Say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. He's preparing our hearts for his return.